Hello and welcome to Flicking and Screaming. I am Jed Sprague here with my co-hosts Evan Fagundis. Hello. And J.T. Chipman. Hi everybody. And this week we are discussing Set It Up. That's right. We're discussing a Netflix original movie that's not The Irishman. Holy <laughs> shit. Holy <laughs> shit. Chip, when you think The Irishman, do you think Netflix original movie? Because that's what comes into my head. Oh, man. Uh, I think Christmas movie when I think Irishman, obviously. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, the statement of a generation from a great filmmaker. Anyway. Um, or about better, better Netflix Christmas movie. Uh, what's it? The Twin Princesses or like Accidental Princess, whatever that movie with Vanessa Hudgens is, where she does know. a really I bad think, British accent or the Irishman. I think the, the Kissing Booth 2 is actually my favorite Netflix original. There it is. All right. All right. All right. Back on track. How are we doing, Chip? You're doing good? I'm doing real good. Doing real good. Uh, good Good times with the Netflix original movies, especially this one. This is, uh, you know, a little, little peek behind the curtain. Me and, me and a couple of friends, a couple of roommates, and a couple of friends of theirs. We got a little movie club going and set it up. Was uh, on our list. Uh, a good friend of mine, Caden, wanted to watch it. And we did. And I said, holy fuck, Jed, Evan, have you seen this movie? And they said, oh, my God, this movie changed our lives. And I was like, cool. Next episode, we're doing Set It Up. Uh, so I'm great. Evan, how are you doing? I'm doing really well myself. I, I'm just hanging out. Saw another movie in the movie theaters. It's kind of nice to be you know, picking our spots, getting back there. Obviously, we have a big October coming up. Um, but yeah, I feel like I'm in a good spot. I'm excited to talk about Set It Up. Yeah, me too. Um, it's always nice to just return to like a classic rom-com format. And, like, when the beats are so familiar, but they somehow manage to not be, like, overly corny where it makes my eyes roll, it's such a hard <laughs> balance to find. Um, yep. But this movie does it really, really well. We kind of touched on it uh, a little bit, but an actually good Netflix original movie, what a fucking concept. Um, my first question is, why don't they make five set-it-ups a year? Is there is there a sequel in the works? I don't know. I, I think I got sent an article about a set it up too, and I don't think I read it to uh, be perfectly honest. But I mean, I think that they, I think that Netflix thinks it makes five sets it up a year. I think that they think they're they're churning out eight, nine, ten of these suckers, and you know, I'm sure their viewership numbers might back them up. But uh, listen, this is a rare gem, let me tell you. And uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know what. You know, I, I I don't know if they just had the right writers, the right producers, the right talent just to uh, find the sweet spot for everybody. But this is, you know, as far as content goes, this is my kind of content. Yeah, I, I like the way you put that, Chip, with the like, I think they they think they make five of these a year. I, I'm sure they probably do. I mean, as many jokes as there are about how Netflix picks its shows and movies, I think they are actually to a certain extent trying to make things that are good for the most part, or like at least on the track to being good. Um, mm. And they just kind of fail at that. But I don't know. I, I think it's much harder than it looks, to be honest. Like you watch it and it seems so effortless, but some of these rom-coms and the, the early 2000s ones are great examples too, of just like, it's such a fine line between a little bit corny, but funny and cute and just straight up cringe and I feel like so many of the Netflix movies fall into that cringe portion and just don't draw you in enough, don't have the charisma that these characters have. Um, so I think it's one of those things like when you finish watching it, you're like, I should be able to watch one of those a week. But it's probably a lot harder to actually execute than I would think. Another week, another podcast, another discussion about Glenn Powell. Um, <laughs> what are we missing about like in Hollywood, like why is this guy not in everything? I know we talked about it literally on the last podcast, but Evan, I have to ask you again. Why? Why is there not every every movie starring Glenn Powell? I mean, this charisma is unbelievable. So what I mean, I'm curious to kind of hear what you guys say, because you guys are all aboard the train. Like, I like Glenn Powell. I think he's very good in this movie. Like, what is I'd love you guys to tell me, like, maybe the, an easier way to do it, too, would be to direct it. Like, what does Glenn Powell not have that Ryan Reynolds has? Is it just because Ryan Reynolds came in at a time when they were still making more movies that were big and in theaters, like The Proposal and stuff like that, and he just kind of got his foot in the door? Because it seems like they're on, like, a similar sort of vibe, and Ryan Reynolds just gets all of those roles. So do you know what I like about Glenn Powell that – 
more than I like about Ryan Reynolds is Glenn Powell tries to be an asshole, but you never believe it. You always mm. think like his <laughs> assholeness is like a, a like a defense mechanism, right? When Ryan mm. Reynolds is an asshole, you're like, yeah, he's just an asshole. And then mm. when he tries to do like the more like sweet bits, it doesn't work, right? Like I would almost akin, I view, I view Glenn Powell as like early 2000s rom-coms Matthew McConaughey, right? Like he's an asshole, but then you peel back that layer of the onion and you're like, oh, he's really sweet. You know, he's, he's, uh, you know, got a, a mom with cancer who lives outside of the city and like he's really close with his sister and he's a really good uncle like things like that like those kind of beats is where i see glenn powell um and i don't i almost think we talked about america's obsession with with asshole male leads does is that the reason glenn powell isn't more famous it's because he's like you not believable as an asshole you know it could be he also rides that line of quirkiness that doesn't fall into just like total self-parody and being annoying because like the internet you know kind of went through a big phase of quirky stuff you know we had like like zoe de chanel's new girl and like that was great but the the you know zoe and glenn not zoe deutsch but zoe de chanel and new girl and glenn powell ride that line of quirkiness in in a way that is the exception to the rule because most quirky just doesn't work it's just too over the top it's too irritating too much you know twitter like fodder mm -hmm. yes mm -hmm. yes it can absolutely be forced glenn has authentic quirk and what do you do with that you know he's he's a goofball he's a screwball right literally any other generation uh any era of movie making you know he's one of the top 10 biggest actors in the world he's just mm -hmm. here at the wrong time and, you know, maybe that changes and other movies come out. Maybe he just hasn't found his break yet. Or maybe he'll just be Glenn Powell for his career. Maybe he'll just be kind of that guy. He'll, he'll just slot into that category. I don't know what we do with a guy like Glenn Powell in 2021, in 2024, in 2028. Um, but there is a uh, – that, that quirkiness is actually sincere. And I actually – I can actually buy into that. Yeah. I think only, only time will tell. Only Top Gun Maverick will tell us if he's, Maverick will tell. if he's destined for stardom. Um, I do want to talk about uh, the other lead in this movie, Zoe Deutsch, but I think we should probably, let's do that in the context of uh, the performance category. Because as always, we are going to go through this movie. Um, we're going to talk about our favorite performance, scene, shot, line. We're going to give it an overall grade. Um, so let's kick it off. Evan, hit me with two nominees for your favorite performance in this movie. Who favorite, favorite performance. So I, I'm, I'm going to kick it off with Zoe Deutsch. I think Zoe Deutsch is, is awesome in this movie. Um, talk about walking that fine line. I think she does an awesome job of not falling too far into the archetype that her character falls under. Like she's the, the overworked, always tired, can't keep herself together. Like, leading lady in this movie that's common in rom-coms i mean you see this type of character pop up quite often um she's working for a sports reporter usually they're working for like a, a fashion magazine right like we talked about in the you know 2005 2006 era rom-com mm -hmm. um but she does it with just enough of, of a twinkle in her eye that it almost seems like she's in on the joke with you a little bit as she's going along like it's like yes she appears frazzled for the movie's sake but she's going to end up doing like figuring it out in the end. She's going to end up pulling it together. Um, and because she's so charismatic, I think you root for her pulling it together. So even though, you know, it's probably going to work out for her at the end and she's going to have some sort of professional breakthrough. Um, there's still enough of attention just because we care enough about her character through her performance. So I just think it's, it's really sweet performance. Like it's, some of her timing with people is really great. I think that her timing with Lucy Liu is is really, um, really just good. Like it, they have really nice back and forth. Um, and then the other one I'm going with Titus Burgess. Like I so could die off of that scene with creepy Tim. Um, and he, he only has about like two minutes to work in this movie, but absolutely gets every shot he possibly can up. And is doing basically like an SNL character or something for two minutes of this movie. And somehow it works. And that's kind of talk about cringe and stuff. Like in other movies, that scene would just be so forced and weird and out of place. And it just actually feels pretty normal. And he has good good chemistry with the, the two leads. So I, I always kind of enjoy that scene. 
Love that. Yeah, that is a he's a great character. And like he's a bit of the like it's weird to say he's an important character, but he is, right? Because he's responsible for like the meat cute within the meat cute. Mm-hmm. Um and so like he has to kind of carry the like carry that whole scene and very important. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I'll go. I'll leave I'll leave uh one big one for you, Chip. Uh Tay Diggs, uh for me, that's gonna be one of my nominations. He plays Rick. Man. I mean, it's such a great, like, characterization of, uh, like, a Shark Tank, a sh- like, a Shark Tank billionaire, right? And, like, every, all his, like, his physical comedy, like, in this movie is, and I don't even know if it's supposed to be comedy, but, like, every time, like, he's, like, in a conversation with someone, he flares his nostrils and wipes his nose and, like, rolls his shoulders, like, mm-hmm. like a dude that's just, like, I'm a big man, like, I'm gonna make yeah. myself big, um, I love everything that he's doing and he's so hateable yeah. and it's so important for him to be hateable um, and not really have any redeeming qualities. And I love uh, that he doesn't. And I'm going to give shout outs to Pete Davidson. Cause I think Pete Davidson, like another character that's like very much like, I feel like it's in on the rom-com joke, right? That character. It's like the gay best friend or the gay roommate. Um, and he doesn't overplay it. But he just had like you could tell he's having a lot of fun with it, and I, I think he's just like a really good addition without being distracting. So I really like Pete Davidson uh, performance. Very unexpected, Pete Davidson in this movie. Um, his his role it was it was kind of funny though. I was back scrolling through Netflix the other day, and for some reason, my poster first set it up only features Pete Davidson in the <laughs> little you know in the little carousel. I don't yeah. know why that is. He has about seventeen lines in the movie. Um, but the algorithm is convinced that I will watch this movie exclusively for uh, for SNL alumni, uh, Pete Davidson. So he's great. Uh, thanks for leaving me with Glenn Powell because he's really who I want to talk about. Just I, I think what I want to talk about with Glenn Powell is his literal face and body. Um, he's got a very moldable, yes. pliable, and then kind of really weird and delightful face. And it's one that like if you were to just see it in public without him making any movement, you'd be like, okay. That's a traditionally handsome fella. You know, he's got nice hair. But then once he starts, like, talking and, like, his lips are going crazy and his eyebrows and his hair and his his neck, he's, like, wiggling around like a fucking serpent. And then he starts talking and he's from the 1940s. And then he's dancing. He's dancing with Harper on the roof and he's, like, flailing like an eagle everywhere. Very expressive, very fun, very captivating and um, just an utter delight, you know? Just a, an absolute gem. Love him in this movie. Love the sincerity. Love love the jokes. He gets he gets hit with a lot of like. Once we get into quotes, he he has to say a lot of jokes that kind of ride the line, but he gets away with it somehow. Um, and uh, it's, it's to me, it's my favorite performance of the movie. I'm just gonna go ahead and spoil my uh, spoil my pick. But um, I'll, I'll also give <laughs> this is this isn't really count. But um, Twitter user Jabuki from the uh, daily show has a, mm-hmm. a little cameo in the, in the very beginning where they he needs to get a, a key duplicated. He's like the laws of New York supersede yeah. <laughs> or the laws of my boss supersede the laws of New York. And it's very, yeah. very funny. Really uh, funny. totally threw me for a loop there too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. Both good picks. So you're going with Glenn Powell. I want to say Glenn Powell, but honestly, I love Zoe Deutsch so much. This was Whoa. my first, this was my first, ever exposure to her when i originally mm-hmm. saw this movie the year it came out um i actually think she's fantastic in everything that she does she like really knows what her role is like she hasn't really stepped outside of her comfort zone and like try to do anything that like she won't absolutely just rip out of the park um but i i, I just really really do like her i, w- I almost want to like nominate like can we do like just a half for both the lead because i really do think that this movie isn't the same without either person. Like, I don't think Glenn Powell's nearly as funny going off of um, anybody else. Actually, I take it back. My first ex- exposure to Zoe Deutsch was in uh, was in Everybody Wants Some, another mm-hmm. Glenn Powell. And I remember <laughs> that was the first time I saw her and was like, oh, my God, who is this woman? And how has she not been on my my movie theater screen before? And then this was just like, oh. Oh my God, it's two people from that other movie that I love. Um, so I think like without either of them, it doesn't do the same thing for me, which is why I'm voting for co-champions. No, you're, you're pulling a Mean Girls. You're splitting the trophy into however many pieces yep, and throwing it in the crowd or the tiara. Splitting the crown. Yep. 
So what happens now? Evan, you need to you need to be like me and vote for Glenn Powell. Okay. I shoot. I don't know. You know, it's very difficult. I was trying to think of Zoe Deutsch is definitely carrying a much heavier load in this movie. If you think about like her, most of the, you know, the ups and downs of the rom-com, most of like the downs and stuff are just basically her. Like his are, his are so foreseen from the first time you ever hear his girlfriend's voice. You're like, yep, I can kind of see where this one's going. You know, Mm -hmm. like you, you pretty much know where he's going to end up. Um, and she's the one who kind of has to ride the wave of the movie, which I think she does well. Gosh. Jed, you put me in a tough spot. I thought I was going to be able to just comment on Glenn Powell after you voted for Well, okay. I'm, I'm going to vote for Glenn Powell. Like, it, okay. if we're talking about a rom-com, the com part, like, it, it's unbelievable, starting with that that opening scene and stuff. Like, he is so funny in this movie. And I, one comment I wanted to make, and I'm trying to think about, like, why wouldn't he be on the big screen more? Like, in big movies. Like, why wouldn't Adam McKay have him in one of his movies? Like, he seems to fit that type of vibe so well. Oh. So... You guys are talking about his face being very malleable. His mouth is especially weird. Yeah, like, not weird. only malleable, like, there are a couple close-ups in this movie where he's talking, and it's, like, an important, like, kind of serious scene. And the way his mouth is moving when he's talking is, like, I could see for some people almost being distracted by it. Because it's, like, yeah, it, he curves in a way that doesn't match the way he's talking. It's very yeah. you ever, He's a very like, handsome like, guy. Photos of him, like the way that his teeth and lips will be like in a big smile on a car, but it's like something's a little yeah. off here, but it's, I'm yeah. not, I'm he's not a, turned away. He's a very handsome guy, but he's not like, but he's like, he's quirky enough and his face is quirky enough where he can play as a not handsome guy if you want him to. He can be many things to many people. Yeah, yeah. that, and just... Yeah. Overall, very abnormal when you compare, like, when you put up all the Chris's and the Ryan Reynolds, like, all those types of guys who do get the quote-unquote big roles in Hollywood nowadays. Like, they all look very similar in a way, and he just looks different anytime his face and mouth moves. But that's all. But I'll, I'll go Glenn Powell. Very close, though. I wish we could split the trophy. I vote for I vote for splitting the trophy and it doesn't happen. But that's you know that's how it has to be. Glenn Powell, I can't be angry. Favorite you can't be. This is uh, America. This isn't communist right. China. Yeah, this is three white guys on a podcast voting for another white guy who, if he wasn't an actor, would definitely have a podcast. Um, that's right. So Glenn Powell does screaming. Talk about I, talk about your white guyness. Is he? We might be able to get him. I think so. Free I'll, top gun maverick. We shouldn't comment on it on the air. <laughs> no 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 i just, just I'm, I'm hoping like i would yeah i'm just saying like we're not saying we're gonna get him but i want it to be on the air knowing that like this just popped into our heads like maybe we can get glenn powell so that yeah, when we true. do get him the listeners yes. are like yes they got glenn powell and if he does never end up on you guys can all know it's because we didn't want him on mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah you know yeah. We, the time wasn't right for him you know exactly he wasn't he wasn't matching our energy exactly 100 yeah. percent Inside the NBA stuff here. Okay, moving on to our favorite scene. I'm going to kick this one off uh, with two nominees. Uh, I'm going to cheat and go the entire like intro montage into assistance in New York. Absolute incredible, like setting the stage for what these people are going through without putting you through a montage of exactly what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the highlight of like, I know this says do not duplicate, but my boss needs this done. <laughs> and yes. my boss supersedes. Everything about it is just um, absolutely incredible. Shout out to all my friends that are executive assistants out there. I <laughs> know your life is not easy. Um, so absolutely love that. I think it's a master class in like how to, like again, the beats of the rom-com. Like coming in with a montage, right? And starting yeah. with that, setting the scene, and doing it without making it too corny. Um, and then two, I'm going with the whole elevator scene down with creepy Tim, mm-hmm. the, the meet cute, like, I don't know. It's hard to know. Like it's like the, the rom-com that's happening within the rom-com, like the meet cute between the two bosses, absolutely hysterical, like cackling out loud. Like when creepy Tim says, I love love in enclosed spaces. I lose my mind. Like, I just think that's absolutely what a, like a wild thing to say. And then the end of that scene being 
Zoe Deutsch calling him Creepy Tim and him just going, is that what people call me? I love it. Like, <laughs> I love so it. good. <laughs> so, yeah, those are my two nominees. Uh, Chip, what about you? Cool. Um, I really love the <laughs> I really love the salamander scene when they're in the uh, Mexican restaurant uh, mm. stealing the free chips. And, uh, you know, at this point, they they've, uh, you know, the setting it up is working pretty well. They're in they're in a good position and they're discussing golf guy, his relationship with Harper. And for some reason, Clint Power pulls out this metaphor about killing salamanders and compares that to relationships. And it makes it makes no sense. It's very clearly like, oh, your character has some sort of deep rooted trauma with salamanders. Um, it also has a line about throbbing DNA. And it's quite funny. Um and then they have to dine and dash, and they're like getting. The, <laughs> he gets the fake focal, and he's like, "Oh my god, the whole leg!" Yeah, it's very sweet. Um, but the the charm that they're just like shooting at each other, you know, it's it's very like they're throwing jabs at each other the whole night, right? It's 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 um, kids on a playground making fun of each other because they actually like each other. But to me, that's almost when their connection shines the strongest. You know when they're playing off of each other, um, mm-hmm. and they're not following each other's arms, but they're they're throwing these jabs. They're, yeah, that's uh, even the final final like moment, right? Is like exactly. playing into that. Um, yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, the you're a terrible dancer and all that, and at the end, um, I almost ooh, that almost makes me want to change my pick to that scene, but I don't think I'm going to. Um, I think that again, this is also kind of cheating, but the the sequence from when Harper shows up to uh when she meets charlie uh when she meets pete davidson and then they go to the pool together the three of them and then they go to the engagement party that whole sequence leading up to the pizza and the fire escape really it's the pizza that that really sets it apart that final conversation when they have the look um but i love i love how harper harper and charlie play off of each other i love the way glenn powell was like you guys can't be friends no cut this out that seems that's very real to me i think that's very um I know, that's like an authentic friendship thing, like how those connections happen. And then Glenn Powell meets uh, the roommate's fiance, and he's like hitting it off with him on the roof. And he's like, I'm going to go and I'm going to miss you. And the guy is dressed in khakis and a suit like a stepdad. I think it's very funny. It's got a lot of fun dancing. It's got good pizza jokes. It's got uh, the, 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 the realization, the reckoning, if you will, that there's a real romantic connection there. Um, you know, I, I just want to climb up the fire escape with a pizza, I guess. Also, great line during that i want to fuck this pizza the, it, yeah. it's like the most relatable line i've ever heard like i literally yeah. say that when i get food when i'm drunk at night yeah, yeah. it's like, you know it's like kind of millennial bait it's kind of gen z bait like if you type in i love pizza into the gif search bar that's like that comes up and like that's in on purpose but also yeah sure yeah but it's like so many lines from the classic movies of the 70s would also be you know in a in a gif or something too if they had gifts back then Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like nowadays, you know, movies get roasted a little bit for that, for, like, doing meme mm-hmm. material. But it's like, like, um, you're talking to me, like, that's a meme, but everyone <laughs> respects it as, like, this is important. But it's like, at the time, people would have been posting that, you know, underneath, like, clips of the Packers in 1974 or something. You know, like, it it, it all just kind of works cyclically. But I want to yeah. make sure, I want to make sure that we're staying here for a second. So you're comparing. Martin Scorsese and Paul Schrader's Taxi Driver and De Niro's yep. performance to set it up and Glenn Powell and Zoe Deutsch and I don't even know who directed this movie. You're saying that those are made with kind of the same artistic intention. No, I'm not. You guys do this every time I'm every the time director I is any sort of reference. You guys are like, so you're saying this is exactly equal to this. And that's just yes, never correct. what I'm saying. But Pirates. no, but I, I'm saying that that became a meme. So if we want to say that memes are just inherently like cheap, then I, I'm just saying that like it just doesn't work. It's that's not a one to one in itself because like no one's looking at Scorsese like, oh, you just put that in that because people were going to repeat it to themselves, huh? And he was like, yeah, you got me. So like, it's me. I think I see what you mean. I don't I know if I'm fully there, as, but I think I get it. I want to go on record as saying that this movie is directed by Claire Scanlon. Um, who's most known for her work in TV directing, including many episodes of The Office, uh, mm. the much adored by me but short-lived uh, The Last Man on Earth, um, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, Shout out to Claire. She's getting work. Yeah. All right. As well as the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. So she basically directs everything 
that you would expect on TV if you've seen Set It Up. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're like, okay, that yeah, makes sense. That's true. Um, um, Set It Up might be better than all of those. It 100% is. It's her finest work. All right. So I'll toss out my scene. So, Chip, you're telling me you chose from when he – when she first met Pete Davidson – Chip all chooses the, 30 minutes. That's like, yeah, he, he that's chose like 30. a third of yes. the movie. Yeah, he chose I chose, a, I chose act two as my favorite. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Chip chose the five best scenes. All matched up. <laughs> okay, do, uh, I need to, do I need to narrow no, it down? it's okay. It's okay. I have two more. I have two more. Okay. Um, so the first one I need to go with is right after that opening montage when they first meet in the lobby. I really love that scene um, mm-hmm. when they're haggling over the food. I like love and despise just because it's so nasty when they toss the platters of food on the ground and she's just like quickly forking over the truffle Mac onto the burger. It just looks so disgusting. (laughs) Um, But I really like that scene and just kind of like they they have to meet as most rom-coms do. They have to meet in some sort of adversarial way. And that's just such a good way to do it because they're both so down on their luck in that moment. Like it's not like one's up and one's down and it's kind of like, you know, pouring uh, uh dirt on top of somebody's grave like it's like they're both just the low of the low like scrounging around here for their boss's food so they don't get yelled at but love i love the pickle love the pickle at the end of it the pickle is great yeah when, when the elevator doors close and she goes you're a monster yeah <laughs> the way she like kind of shakes her fist at him too it's like very it, it, it's good like um i don't know that that would be in on the joke to me but now that i say i had to a couple of mine were definitely tied up in that in that middle part of the movie i mean i guess i'm going out of those i well the specific one that i would have is the roof scene at at the engagement party okay that party just looked awesome oh yeah that that, the way they presented it in the movie just looks so cool and like a real party and the way it progresses from like her being sober and kind of being a little bit awkward through like them getting drinks and then dancing like everything was very and i love the way glenn powell looks around and he's like look at all these assholes what do they care and i'm like that's yes like that that scene is just so relatable but um yeah that, i mean that's what i had written down specifically is like the second scene but yeah honestly i, I would be willing to choose that scene if only for i'm trying i don't even know how to pronounce his name john rudnitsky as mike the fiance yeah uh we didn't give him a shout out in performance and and uh, the girl who plays Beck, Meredith Hagner, dude. Their yeah. back and forth is hilarious when they're talking about her like sleeping with a bunch of dudes, and he's just like, "Yep, <laughs> that's my girl." <laughs> no, his sense of humor is—it's very similar to mine because it's got a lot of dad energy and it loves. Like I know that guy has like three or four puns that he's breaking out all the time. You know? Yeah. When when like There's even at the, yeah even the end that's my there's my ride and then pal's like every time like you could totally see how like that's like a drunk guy like saying his catchphrase and people mm-hmm. buying into it really good like drunk energy in that like oh, yeah. believable believable like we're all friends now because we're drunk and it just took the edge off great physical. oh my god yeah just I, the instant connection you know when you like when you meet like when they're toasting together the four of them like charlie has never met these other two people but right. he's already like totally in, in with them and he's goofing off with mike in the corner and it's like i remember parties like that mm-hmm. yeah. and i love nope. the physical like i love how he's dancing and he's just horrible but he's like you should dance and then she dances and like does some like flaily shit and i love his look as if it's sort of like oh you're bad but i'm good like i love how he's like oh i was dancing really well but like that yeah. was <laughs> but yeah no that's literally the same energy i had like last thursday at a friend's going away party they're moving to chicago from san francisco <laughs> and i was in with like a mutual friend that i'd never met before in the corner we just start talking about movies he's like oh my Sick. god he's like how stoked are you for dune and he's like i read the book like in preparation and we're just like start going crazy and the next thing you know it's like 30 minutes later and it's like Wes Anderson color palettes, like, you know, uh-huh. we're deep, we're deep in the rabbit hole, you know, eating sliders and drinking free wine. It was phenomenal. Um, so that like was very relatable when I like picked up to watch this. I was like, yes, that mm-hmm. a million times. Uh, okay. We need a decision. I'm voting I'm, the, the elevator scene. I'm voting the roof scene, the party. Oh, shoot. Those are my two original scenes. <laughs> Um, are, I think those are the two best, two best scenes. I think and they're the two I, best scenes. If we extend the roof to the pizza, that I think might... either way, I'm going roof. If we want to extend yeah. it to pizza, that's fine. But I'm I'm going roof. Okay, it's got to be. 
All right. Engagement party scene. Love it. Can I you mean, imagine how nice the weather must have been on that roof? Oh. oh. They were wearing sh- short sleeves. It had and to be We know nice. it was summer because they yeah. went to a baseball game. And a pool party. And a yeah. pool party. Right before that. Yeah. But, yeah. like, everyone was dressed a little different because, you know, Glennie Powell had on these little short shorts and his uh, cu- couple three buttons, unbuttoned, yeah. short sleeve. But Mike had on, you know, khakis and a blazer. But he looked very comfortable. He True. didn't, this like, is a take great the blazer time. off when he took a shot. This is a great time, though to say that all romantic comedy should take place in New York. Mm, yeah, Un- that was a discussion. It's a good location. It's just like... I think it, that, yeah, this leans into the New York of it, and it It works. just makes so much sense. Well, maybe I'll say this. It should take place in, in large cities. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think New York is, like, the the best for that, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's so many, like, landmarks of, like, people that maybe even haven't spent a ton of time in New York where it's like... Yeah, very yeah, recognizable. we're doing that. Like, the whole mm-hmm. rooftop thing like lends itself really well to the romantic comedies. And that's obviously like a huge part of the culture in New York. So yeah. Kit, yeah. If so your rom-com isn't in New York or San Francisco, I don't want to watch it. There it is. Yeah. Dude, I mean, the, SF, the SF, SF also, yeah. SF is also elite LA rom-coms. Don't do it for me. Um, yeah, they can be okay. A lot of sitting in traffic, but we're talking a lot about best scenes. Let's, as far as like, I know normally we don't do worse scenes. I'm just going to toss this out there really quick. I know we got to move on. The editing of the baseball scene is so bad. I literally can't even describe how much it upsets me. I like almost have to skip it now when I watch that movie. I have a bone to pick about this. So go ahead. They have, you know, some crappy stadium voiceover guy announcing who's coming up to bat. Yes. And it's like now batting for the Boston Red Sox, Andrew yes. Benintendi. And it shows Raphael Devers. Literally Raphael at the plate. Devers is black. Andrew Benintendi is white. Well, but then it it's says crazy. there's a voiceover that says, um, who are they who are they talking about? But he says Dominican pitcher. Would Dude, a voiceover ever the, say the nationality? The PA, the PA announcer is announcing as if he's doing the radio call. Yeah. He's like, next up pitching is the Dominican pitcher. Like a PA announcer is not yeah. saying that. No, it's it's awful. It's shot very poorly. Um, it is. I mean, it is the real athletes, though. Like you see it Joe is. Girardi leaning over the dugout. Yeah. So it's like, OK, it's no, it's no fever pitch. And then it's no, fever pitch. It's and then, no, it's no uh, highly stylized money ball either. True. The, and then Rick and Kirsten are sitting there. Neither of them even paying attention to the game, like half flirting, half looking at their phones. And then all of a sudden, simultaneously, they're just screaming at the plate. Like there's not even a play going on. They're just screaming yeah. at somebody. They're screaming and I like think taking Aaron a picture or swinging at a slider or something. Yeah, I don't something know. like what, that. What what universe yeah. is that? I don't know. I, I kind of dig that because it's just like two people that like think that them yelling at a baseball game at like an umpire like matters. They're like, you know, like it's important just, people like, hey, what the come on. It struck me as like because it's on like on location, it struck me as like a second unit was shooting some of those scenes or something like like the actual director wasn't there. And it was kind of like a second unit like, hey, get that scene of like Kirsten and Rick like talking in the stands, you know, because they're shooting it separately. I I, I guarantee the I guarantee that the Zoe Deutsch, Glenn Powell, like up in those seats. I don't actually I don't know. That could have been on location. So that, I mean, I haven't been to Yankee Stadium, so I don't know for sure. I I like their stuff at the stadium. I think what yeah. they do at the stadium, their theirs is fine. Really yeah, with the old guy, like with the old guy who like yeah. he knows, and it kind of plays into this whole thing of like, which is funny. Like I love, I simultaneously love that they don't like make it too much part of her personality, where it's like literally she like types on the thing. You know, are there any sports mo- sports moments that make you cry? And they show like yeah. a quick clip of like her like eating popcorn out of a hoodie, which mm-hmm. is a psychopath move. And and uh, watching you know sports highlights and stuff. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Ron Kellogg the third, Nebraska legend, with the hail mary to mustachioed hero Jordan Westerkamp, one of the yep. best Nebraska moments of my life, and that is really sad to say. That is really embarrassing. That a hail mary against Northwestern in a meaningless regular season game is the highlight of my Nebraska football life. Fucking embarrassing. <laughs> okay. So it's a great clip. I remember that game. So many times for Chips. God damn. Nebraska fandom. Uh, and now Tottenham fandom. Uh, they're one in the same, my friend. 
Oh man, <sighs> sorry, I got us off track. We're cu- we're we're coming back. We're good. All right, here uh, comes Chelsea, noted Chelsea supporter. Evan yeah, Evan. what the? We'll talk about that off air, but that really we absolutely can. I mean, I I would love for Chip to be coming at me about uh, fake fandom. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, moving on to our favorite shot of the movie. Um, this one can be, I think, will be pretty quick. Uh, Evan, no, Chip, it's your turn to lead it off. Um, hit me with two of your favorite yeah. shots. Um, there's not a lot of like shots in this movie, but I do think there's a couple of funny ones. Uh, one that's a little more serious is just the look that uh, Harper and Charlie share over the pizza. You know, it's just it's just kind of two different shots of them just staring at each other. And, you know, the look of realization is dawning and like, oh, I really want to kiss you right now. Oh, wait, I shouldn't want to kiss you right now. Oh, fuck. Have we been wanting to kiss each other this whole time? You know, and just kind of that mental process going through. Um, I really like that. They also have they both have like pizza grease, like distinctly on their faces, mm-hmm. which I think is an intentional and kind of funny note. Um, and then I really like <laughs> it cracks me up when uh when Charlie first mentions Kirsten to to uh, Tate Eggs and he's like talking about like Mark Cuban wants to buy her side or whatever, and then he turns to his computer and he starts typing with his index finger. Hilarious, so good. Like like like, like fit like a limp fish, you know. And it's it, it, <laughs> he's like looking over his shoulder to see if he's paying attention. I really that, I think that's a very comedic shot. Yeah, I really like that one. Uh, Evan, go ahead. Yeah. So I got two. The first one is um, when they're slow dancing on the roof. I really like that. It, the shot itself is like pretty straightforward. It's just, you know, basically like an upper body shot of the two of them. But just the way it's lit with the um, kind of natural like bulbs hanging over them that are on the roof of that bar or whatever is mm-hmm. just kind of cool. And then the second one I think is absolutely hilarious. There's a tracking shot at one point in a uh, in Charlie Glenn Powell's office and they're tracking behind this one guy walking through the office and he like dodges around a couple of people and the camera keeps following him. And then the camera breaks away from the guy they're following and then zooms up or like walks up to the desk that Glenn Powell's sitting at and it comes in close on him and he's literally just sitting there like bored on his phone. Like for some reason, it's just so (laughs) hilarious to me that they set up this like at first, when I see the shot, I'm like, whoa, they're they're actually going for something here. And then it ends with just the dude sitting doing nothing on his phone. It's just such an ironic, like, I don't know. It seemed like them kind of kind of tossing us a bone a little bit and being yeah. like, normally these shots lead into something like, you know, meaningful or something. And here he is just like sitting on his phone about to get shit on by these two guys who, you know, are waiting to go meet with his boss. Oh, yeah. He's like, go buy Rick a smoothie or something. Yeah, yeah. When he's like, what? He already got promoted. He's only like 29. The guy just looks at him like he's fucking insane. <laughs> so funny. All right. So I've been thinking a lot about this. I think I do. I had the pizza look as my favorite. I think I'm going to go with two kind of like larger scale, like like environmental shots. And one is the pan up when they enter when they're entering Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like mm-hmm. that from like under the subway lines or the train lines. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that was really good. Uh when he's over, when she's over dicking, what is it called? Yeah, the over dicking around thing. The really funny. Um, and then, apologies if there was a baby crying in the background. Um, and <laughs> then, yeah, I was having a moment. That's my bad. I'm just a little emotional. <laughs> <laughs> um, and anyway, so the that shot, and then Glenn Powell in the airport, because it's like really funny oh, yeah. that like that like proclamation when he's in the airport is like such a rom commy thing, but he's doing it in like a non-rom-com environment, right? He's like doing it to the person that he's in love with boss, not yeah, yeah. the person he's in love with. Yeah. And, and he's like, when he like gives the fist pump, when she like dumps him, you know, it's, is so really, expressive. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, so those would be my two. It's not really a, a shots heavy movie, but no, it's not. I mean, it looks good though. You know, I think yeah, that it does scene really does a lot for its looks, by the way. Like, like yes. we talked about it a little bit in the scene, but like that whole thing with the market lights and like they sh- they they had a lot of fun whatever night they did that scene. Yeah. I will say, though, JFK doesn't look like that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> what, I don't know what That's universe true. like th- I don't even think Newark has a, you know, just a. a <laughs> Burbank, Any sort baby. of open that's, Bur- that's Burbank Airport. My favorite part is that he walks in the front door and he's about two feet inside the door and he just goes, Rick! 
<laughs> so he's going to be standing yeah. like right in front of him. And it turns out he actually is just standing One right up there. One of the biggest there. airports in the world. Yeah. The security line is just above the entrance. <laughs> like, come on. And he's like, looks side to side. He's like, Frick! And he's just like right there. Um, it, lots of the outdoor shots look really good, too. I feel like it's tough to shoot outdoor. They make New York look like the sunniest place on Earth. I'm sure it was. It may be middle of the summer. Um, but some good shots outside, too. But, yeah, what do we got? You guys both said uh, pizza? Yeah, it's pizza. Yeah, that's pizza. fine by me. Yeah, that look. That'll yeah. I mean, that's, grown man go that's weak the scene that makes the rom-com. Like, that's the scene that elevates it, right? Like, it, it has <laughs> comedy. It has, like, a romantic angle to it. But it's, like, those little scenes that have to create, like, the actual romance that we're invested yeah. in. Not sure if Glenn Powell should let her walk home alone after that. He's just yeah. like, all right, cool. Head off into the night by yourself, drunk with two slices of pizza. Yeah. T- tough look for our guy. Call an yeah, Uber. I don't know. City. Ubers. Those exist. Yeah. You can call an Uber. Yeah, 100%. Um, There's a lot of calling as well. This is almost like this is from like 2004. There's a lot yeah. of like, he hasn't called yet. I'm like, how about, how about yeah. texting? If he did call, he's probably a killer. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, shout out to all my, my homies that still call. Just I, I for, don't know the text that's all i'm gonna call that's that's how we call now can right? i call yeah, yeah can i call you oh hey, yeah can i give can i give you a ring yeah hard to, hard to go in dry on the phone call anymore if anything i'll go in like hard to go in i'll go in, i'll go in raw on the facetime if it's like but if it's like for a bit like hey yeah, i'm at the right. grocery store and like you know how you facetime people with your eye like up to the phone and it's like mm-hmm. hey this is a ridiculous concept so let's make it like kind of a gag yeah right uh all right Favorite shot, the pizza look, got to be. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, let's do favorite li- line real quick. Chip, hit me with your favorite line. Okay, so I really love the, <laughs> I really love the, um, when Pete Davidson is sitting down at the pool party and he's got like three dudes in banana hammocks around him and he's like, it's like the battle of the bulge over here. It's a fucking war zone. That was, <laughs> that line is hilarious. That, <laughs> you know, it came out of nowhere and that, you know, big fan of that. Um, also, I mentioned that, Glenn Powell has to like kind of say some inappropriate jokes, but he can get away with it. And one of my favorite ones is when it's at Yankee Stadium and it's a kiss camp and it shows two guys kissing and he starts booing and everyone's looking at him. He's like, no, it's for a different reason, for a different reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good. Um, all right, I'll go next. Um, we'll probably end up giving more than two because there are a lot of good lines in this. Uh, when, he, when they're trying to like decide whose life is worse because of their bosses, and like saying like who does worse shit? Glenn Powell goes. He tried to fire a mailman today. Mailmen work for the U.S. government. That like, is a good one. So good. Oh god. I do love the over, like the over dicking around thing. Oh, that's so true too. Yeah, it's like I overdicked it. Um, but I think one of my favorites, like, because there's actually a lot of sneaky comedy, um, in what what's her oh Kirsten says. Mm-hmm. Like, like she's clearly like an overworked person as well. And when she is like kind of thinking to herself and talking, she goes, I could sense the possibility of strength in his touch. Kind of like when Coco was petting that tiny kitten and then like <laughs> does the thing where she like pets the kitten. It's so it's weird, funny. but it's just kind of like, like, you know, something that maybe most people would like think, but not say out loud. And so I really like that. There we go. Okay. What do I got? Okay. I like the one after after the intern uh, gets fired uh, and Rick um, calls him pencil dick. I love it. He goes, pencils can be all lengths and girths, so the joke's on him. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also, I know we really we mentioned I want to fuck this pizza. I think that one's hilarious. Um, what's the one? Oh, uh, Lucy Liu, uh, Kirsten, at one point turns when she's pissed off at Rick, and she says, "A lot of people proposed to me in my twenties. I could be thrice divorced by now." <laughs> so great good. use of thrice. <laughs> uh, yeah, great use of thrice. Um, more bait for millennials, right? But um, yeah, I love those ones. I'm trying to think. Oh, I love the what's the the parent trap line? He, he's like, "I think I've seen the Lindsay Lohan classic enough times to know that we're full on parent trapping him hard." <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. good line. That's yeah, a good line. That intern Bo, he's got a couple good lines because he's like, oh, it has fewer syllables to say Bo. Yeah, to say Bo instead of intern. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I also love, 
all I care about is that I'm not still an assistant when I'm 28 years old. That's when it gets really sad. And then he goes, I'm 28. And she goes, oh, my God, I'm so sorry for you. That's very sad for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> also, um, I can wake you up with my penis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then he, like, immediately tries to backtrack it. And then the guy next to him is like, you could wake me up with your penis. <laughs> <laughs> One is a beautiful woman with dark hair and a fierceness that's both scary and inspiring. The other is a guy. When she's trying to describe <laughs> their physical appearance. To yeah, that is absolutely <laughs> wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, what do we got? Ma'am, I would lay down my life for those seats. If you can't say the same, move on. Move on. <laughs> yeah, I love the way he says, move on. Yeah. <laughs> I love Gun Pal's face, too, and Rick turns. He's like, there's a lot of hot moms in here. Yeah, <laughs> looks at his yeah. girlfriend and pal's face is just like. <laughs> Can we talk about Sue's? Yeah, I. By the way, Sue's great Sue's line that's like really underrated, like just to show how like god awful she is, is when they're eating at the restaurant and she goes, "This is where Kim threw Kanye's uh, half birthday party." It's like <laughs> so fuck off. She calls him his her backup. Yeah, yeah that was pretty brutal. Face. She's like, "You can't break she's up with me. You're my backup." <laughs> Yeah, the worst, the worst. Um, that also another great line. It's like, it's like this is like the best meal I've ever had, and like very sappy. Best meal I ever had was what was like a ten dollar slice of pizza, uh, in a, you know, <laughs> sitting on a roof. Yeah. Oh yeah, so that's good. a good line. It's nice that you know the people who suck in this movie kind of get what's coming to them. Like Rick gets Pete Davidson throwing a soy iced coffee on him. Mm-hmm. I wish, like, that's such a ballsy. Like, I want to one day be in a position where I can throw a cup of iced coffee on, like, someone wealthy and powerful and get yeah. away with it. And then just slam the door in their face. No second thought either. Yeah. yeah. Didn't even I know this time he, like, there was. Out him side-eyed. I also do love the third eye blind thing. When he's yeah. like, when he's <laughs> like, it's like, oh, no, he's he played third eye blind. That means he's got a guy over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have to go around. Great band references between Third Eye Blind and the Creed joke. Yeah, the Creed yeah. joke is great. Oh, all right. We need a final decision for. I don't know. I think the like when I remember this movie, I remember the over dicking around, and it's not the Zoe Deutsch line. It's the Glenn Powell afterwards. He's like, "Oh God, I did it! It's the over dicking around thing." No, he said, <laughs> "I overdicked it." Yeah, I overdicked <laughs> it. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I also I like the. Uh, the full-on parent trapping line is pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. Really yeah. I mean, that that's a good one. I can't even remember. We've said so many now. I don't even remember, like, what which one's Chip said. I, I mean, like, in the when choosing a scene, we chose, like, half the movie. And also, yeah. we mentioned the Creepy Tim line. People call me Creepy Tim. I love it. Yeah. The only thing I'm, I love more than love is love in enclosed spaces. Dude. <laughs> The, how about the line when they're like, can you grow, can you even grow plants down here? He goes, oh no, they just die very slowly. Oh, <laughs> and the way, his delivery, oh, oh no, they just die very slowly. It's like, <laughs> <a> succulent. <laughs> Honestly, that might be my favorite line of the whole movie. It's just the way he goes, oh, a succulent. A succulent. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I could go with a lot of them. I mean... I want to fuck this pizza. It yeah, let's might do be it. my number one pick. Why not? I'm cool with that. Yeah, we got we're we're going, we're going pizza heavy. I don't know. Are y'all just hungry here? You get the pizza Maybe. look, and the I want I to fuck pizza this pizza last night, and I still am hungry about. I could yeah. have pizza. I had uh, I had drunk pizza this weekend. Let me tell you, we had drunk pizza and drunk cinnamon twists. Wow, there it is. Wow. Oh, there's nothing better than drunk pizza and it's like when you're drunk you don't want good pizza you want drunk pizza like, yes no we literally my my friends and i have like a power ranking of pizza places in town and the order flips when you're drunk yeah Ooh, i like that yeah that's I like, like that. that's like for san francisco especially people in the marina it's like you go to hole in the wall pizza when you're drunk but like that mm. pizza is actually god awful like you'd never order it on a weeknight but mm. yeah you know, after you've been spending a couple a couple hours at the tipsy pig Really you're, you're hole in the wall in it. Yeah, you exactly. Know what I mean? All right, Absolutely. so recapping. Favorite performance, Glenn Powell. Favorite scene, uh, the engagement party scene leading into the pizza scene. Favorite shot, the pizza look. And favorite line, I want to fuck this pizza. Holy fuck. Big time pizza <laughs> energy on this podcast. <laughs> we need to eat. 
Um, it's time for our overall grades. Mm-hmm. Let's get those grades, boys. Um, Evan, I want you to lead us off with the grades, but then I have a couple questions after we do the grades in relation to like how good this movie is. Okay. Um, so my grade is a solid B. I, I think this movie is incredibly competent in that there is a set formula that you can kind of follow with small deviations along the way when you make a rom-com. Um, there's types of characters you can put in. They didn't deviate super far from like, you know, some original templates. I mean, as they're saying, they're literally referencing the parent parent trap as far as like clearly getting the idea for, you know, the main plot mechanics of this story. Um, but they do it really well. It like like Chip said, it looks really good in every shot. There's not random shots in like dingy apartments that that look bad. Um the the main characters do really well. I mean, like could it have been maybe a little bit better if you put like Oscar winners in there? Sure, but they also would have seemed out of place. I think everyone was right where they needed to be. Good chemistry between the leads. Um just an overall good time. Like the the music is God, now I'm trying to think of like what it is specifically. It's almost a little bit like strange in places, which I kind of enjoy. Like the the sounds of this movie are very interesting um, because it's like a mix of the city sounds, but then a lot of office too. So it creates like mm-hmm. a contrast with like this very very like sterile sound where like when Rick is throwing stuff around in his office, it's it's so obvious. When they're out in the streets, it's very loud. But you don't almost don't notice it because it just becomes background noise. It's like a cool dynamic. Such an overdramatic, by the way. Can we talk about when they cut to that scene and it's just Rick? Ah! Yeah, it's just like the yeah. most overdramatized. Like he's very like, much. Why and then when he like when he throws the thing, he's like, ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I think that was like. I don't really know what Tay Diggs was going for with his voice there. I got to be honest, I, buddy. I still love the performance. I, I agree. It. I agree. I, I love. I do kind of like the line, like, "What the fuck is this bulletproof glass?" That is yeah. pretty funny when he's throwing the chair at it. But yeah, yeah. So solid B. Solid B. All right. Uh, I'm gonna give my grade, and then Chip. Um, for me, this is an A minus. It was between a B plus and A minus. And I think my pure enjoyment. This is a movie I think I could watch once a week and never get tired of it. You know, it is just that enjoyable for me on par with some of the you know my favorite rom-coms um you know ever as far as like rewatchability and enjoyability i just like being around a lot of the people in this movie and i think that's that's something that is uh yeah like mm-hmm. not e- not easy to to execute always but yeah, yeah i just i mean glenn powell give me glenn powell zoe deutsch um like that engagement party scene like i want to be at that party like i feel like i would yes. have a great time at that party with all of those people on that roof um yeah unbelievable so solid a minus for me it's also an a minus for me um for a lot of the reasons you guys have already touched on i watched this movie with friends and now i associate it with the movie yeah. with those friends and like i want to do the things in this movie with my friends i want to i want to do things in this movie with my real life friends and also with the characters in this movie mm-hmm. you know i want to reenact the, the the pool party scene with glenn powell and zoe Deitch, but i also want to do it with you know my, my friends here in town and my roommates and shit like that um it's it doesn't try too hard it knows exactly what it is without leaning too hard into any sort of weird meta stuff or any like it's not. It doesn't spend the entire movie winking at the camera. There's a little mm-hmm. bit of that, but it doesn't spend the entire movie doing it, and that's a very fine line that I don't think most pieces of uh, media like this can can find. And uh, I'm really grateful for it. And this is going to be a repeat viewing for quite some time, I think, for me. Love it. All right. Follow up question: Is this the best romantic comedy of the 2010s? Um, I mean, this is like obviously like we're talking like the, the decade that's the death of the genre, right? And I don't know. Can uh, there's this this joke that Anne Hathaway called "Gone Girl" a romantic comedy? I saw on, that. Uh, <laughs> on James Corden, but he didn't get the joke, so it was just because it's James Corden. And he doesn't understand humor, so like he just <laughs> it just sits in awkward silence. But I don't know. I mean, do you have more qualifications to give? I kind of cut you off. I mean, so I would say. I would say, like, unequivocally, it's the best one since 2015. It's the sure. best one of the back half of the decade. 
right? In my mind. And I, I would say maybe we all, you know, we would, not that we all agree, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I will say like, I like long shot a lot, but yeah, long shot. I mean, I think you're looking at like easy a friends mm-hmm. with benefits and, and no strings attached. Crazy uh, stupid love is 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Just life as we know it. I kind of yeah. like that. Life as we know it is like I mean we've talked we've disparaged Catherine Heigl a lot on this podcast but that's probably one of the better ones is that 2010 yeah yeah so then you know it's like just go with it with with Adam Sandler oh Crazy mm-hmm. Stupid Love being 2011 is probably oh it was 11 Jed when did that uh Jillian Hall movie come out uh, which oh Anne Hathaway and Jake Jake Jillian Hall uh, yeah yeah is that love a and other drugs. That's like, yeah, shout out to Big Pharma. Um, that's, I think that that is, yeah, shout out to Big Pharma, guys. Get your third uh, vaccine dose, available now. Um, I got my sixth today. Just, you know, tripling up. Yeah, Chip I, looks like, like Mark McGuire in his prime right now. Chip's so vaccinated, COVID can't get within a 20-foot radius of him. It's just like die. It's, it, it's like he's vaccinating the people next to him. He's glowing. Yeah. Yeah. No, me and uh, me and Jose Canseco got the same guy. Yeah. Um, so I would say it's in the conversation. Right there. For sure. For the best. Oh, yeah. I think, it, I think not to spoil, I think if we had to do a top five rom-coms of 2010s, I think it would be in it. It's mm-hmm. so good, guy. I mean, I think we're all in agreement that it's really, really good. Yeah. I mean, it's – and I don't – it doesn't get talked about enough, I don't think. No, it's kind of flown under the radar. It's like it happened and no one wants to acknowledge it. Yeah. It might have just gotten lumped in with other Netflix originals of this same, you know, ilk. People don't trust, like, when they're like, oh, this Netflix original is actually good. And you see the thumbnail and you see the picture and stuff and you're just like, nah, I'm I'm, I'm good. Like, I, I think I've seen that same thumbnail 45 times and none of them were ever good. So, like, fine if I miss it. Yeah, so... So just going back to kind of like what Chip said originally, like when he texts me, he's like, have you seen Set It Up? That is a movie. It, this is a movie that I've like actively told people that I know the love rom-coms. Mm-hmm. Like, if you haven't seen this movie, you got to go watch it. Mm-hmm. And so when you sent me that, I was like, have I seen this movie? Hell yes. And then you're like, let's do it. And I, I've, I mean, I don't know if I've, I've been more in love with you as a friend. I don't know if at that moment. <laughs> it was just like it was like we've we've reached the peak. Um, no, I, yeah, I mean this movie's awesome. Absolutely love it. I, I don't know, not a ton else to say. Like, really solid, great. You guys, any final parting thoughts? You know, just love Netflix. Support them. Uh, you know, give them your hard-earned dollars. Yeah, the, you got to support the little guys. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. We're really putting them. you onto this independent studio. Yeah, Netflix. If you haven't heard of them. Um, <laughs> anyway, guys, a dollar a day. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Um, if you haven't already, please subscribe. Uh, tell your friends. Follow us on Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, follow us on Twitter, at Flick and Scream. Join the conversation. We got a lot of people going on there right now. It's been amazing last couple weeks to see how the community's grown. Instagram, at Flicking and Screaming. Hit us up. If you got a question, especially about a specific movie that we're going to cover, uh, and you want to toss out a question in advance, let us know. Um, DM us on any socials or flickingandscreaming at gmail.com. Coming up next week, we're kicking off spooky season with a versus episode, and we're going alien versus the thing. Super excited uh, <laughs> about that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for the first time in Flicking and Screaming history, we're going to give you a little peek behind the curtain of what is coming up so that you guys can prepare. It is a big, big time in movies right now. So, uh, it currently is October 5th or later when you're listening to this. So October 12th, Alien vs. The Thing. October 19th, No Time to Die. We're going to discuss that movie and Daniel Craig's legacy. October 26th, we're going to do our top five 80s horror movies. Uh, super exciting. Uh, November 2nd, The Nightmare Before Christmas. We're going to cover the classic transitional movie. Is it a Halloween movie? Is it a Christmas movie? Tune in to find out. Uh, the gap. On November 9th, we're going to wrap up the Octu- October October, October movie madness. And we're going to recap all these great movies, uh, hopefully great movies, these movies <laughs> that we're anticipating coming out in, uh, in October. And thank you so much for listening. As always, for flicking and screaming, I'm Jed Sprague. 
JT Titman, Evan Fagundis. Good night, everybody. See ya. See you, everybody.